Hello, this is Carib Carter Clues, uh, welcoming you not to Coffee with Carib Carter, but to the number one investment show on the internet podcast, uh, Open Mic, with the world's number one offshore investment entrepreneur, Mike Cobb, who is right there beside me. Mike, how you doing? I'm good, Carter. That's it. I'm glad we could connect up today. I'm driving through the mountains of uh, Maryland and West Virginia. I'm up in Frostburg, uh, Frostburg, Maryland today, uh, waiting to have lunch with my business partner, Joel Nagel, who you know, we we like to meet kind of halfway between Pittsburgh and Shepherdstown once in a while. And Frostburg's one of our one of our haunts. There's a great steakhouse, uh, Sand Springs Steakhouse here in, in uh, Frostburg. So we like to come up and get a nice steak and enjoy lunch together once in a while. So, well, Frostburg's yeah. a lovely town. I went to college there. Make sure yeah. you're there to stop by Dick Duncan's bar where I got drunk every night for four years. I no longer get drunk at all. I want to point out. <laughs> so I'm a little more credible now. But, yeah. So, so I don't think Frostburg's ever been the same since you've been here, Carter. No, no. <laughs> thank God. And I think everybody there is thankful. I know the dean was thankful when my brother yeah, exactly. and I so, so we want to talk. This is all about investing, folks. Um, when I said the, 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 the number one investment podcast and the number one offshore investment entrepreneur, it actually was not hyperbole. It actually is true. Um, and I learn from getting to talk with, with, with Mike every week. And I know that our viewers do because I, I get the, the uh, emails about it and one day we're going to bike we're going to do just an email answer show if you don't mind yeah sure right. yeah, right. absolutely yeah when we get them in here because what you're hearing here is is a broad view invest in investment let me let me give a, a bit of background on that if i may every every morning and mike and i were talking about this before the show started and he said well carter you got to pass that along so i will every morning i have the real joy of uh being in the zoom call with some of the top in, in, investment advisors in the world at money map press okay some of you out there right now said oh yeah we know money map press it's it's, it's worth literally worth its weight in gold and so i listen to their advice every day i tell you and and you know the other day you know i was saying you know listen to you guys because the, these guys know where the, the smart money is going and i said right now the stock market right now please don't think this is going to last right now the stock market mike and tell me if you agree with this it's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah. You decide for yourself whether you, you whether you're going to get uh, minnows or whales. What do you? Yeah. Give me. Right. A, you know, you're you're an investor, both offshore stocks. What do you? What's your read on that? Well, you know, look when when the market's just going up generally, right? You, you can you know, throw a dart, you know, like you said, or shoot fish in a barrel, or drop a net in and just pull out whatever, because because the market's going up, right? And, 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 and you don't really have to target very much. I, I kind of use the machine gun or shotgun analogy, right? If, if you got, if you got a, you know, a, a tree full of birds, just shoot the shotgun a few times up there and a bunch of birds are going to fall out. Right. But, but when the birds are thin, you know, when there aren't very many birds, you know, you got to get out your 22 and you got to take careful aim and, and find the bird you want to shoot because you're hungry, you want to eat. Right. And it, it's not plentiful, just knocking them out of the sky. So, uh, right now, yeah, just shoot the shotgun and, you know, you're, you're going to do fine. Uh, you know, the market's going up, you can do well. But when you have to start really paying attention to, you know, what, you know, what you're hunting for specifically, you know, that that's when the game changes and you need different methodologies to make that work. It, it, excellent. You need different methodologies, <clears throat> one of which is having someone like you who does you know, who, who is an investment guru. I mean, you're to me like the guys along with Money Map Press, 
an investment guru who can tell you, you know, when the birds are not flocking to the tree anymore. All right. Yeah. yeah. When you have Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, you know, pumping up so much fiat money that our national debt. Now, folks, I want you to raise your. I say, yeah, yeah. You see what you're seeing from Mike right now. <laughs> yeah, yes. right. Our federal debt, folks, is now the government's admitting it's at 107% of GDP. Now, the truth is it's 129, and I'll tell you why. They don't count our unfunded debt for Social Security or Medicare. Right. right? No country in the history of the world, the great article by Matt Tippenberg at Signal Matters on this, Signals Matter, no country has ever survived that. And eventually the crash comes. So... So, Mike, that's when someone like you and one of the values of this show, you got to keep people informed as yeah. to when you're seeing little volatility. Sure. And, yeah. and, and and now is a great time to be in the market. And, and you know, but it's also probably a good time. Look, nobody knows where the top is. Nobody knows where the backside of this thing is. And 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 I probably going to get a little flack from some people. But, you know, with 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 another two trillion, six trillion, 64 trillion, whatever they're going to pump into infrastructure, uh, you know, whatever yeah. that I guess two, three trillion, whatever they're saying. Um, you know, uh, like th that money's going to just circle back around and go into the markets too. So we may actually see an extended bull run in the market for a while longer. I'm not, I'm not calling a crash. I know some people are calling a crash, but, but I actually think when you, when you pump another few trillion into the economy, uh, in all the forms that they're going to pump it, you know, that money ultimately ends up much of it anyway, back in the markets. Cause there's no other place for it to end up. So nicely. Uh, so, so I am actually thinking the bull market will, you know, continue on. Uh, but, but it, you know, while it's this high, while you know, if if you've made a lot of gains, I think it's important to, you know, take some money off the table, you know, rebalance. I mean, that, that's always a big thing. I mean, if, if yeah. you know, if 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 all of a sudden you look at your 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 investment portfolio broadly and you say, well, yeah, the market's up, you know, 100% since I put this money in, and now it represents 90% of my investment portfolio probably need to rebalance, right? And 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 take some money off the 90% where you've made a lot and move it into some other things. And and I'm a big fan of hard assets because hard assets do well in inflationary periods. And and so, you know, real estate is one, you know, hard asset class. Metals, I think physical metals uh, are another important hard asset class. Sorry, I got a big truck uh, you know, backing up behind me, but anyway, uh, you know, so, so, but I think this, this is the time while, while the getting's good, you know, to get a little bit of money off the table, rebalance, re, you know, re readjust your portfolio and move some things into some, some, some asset classes are going to resist inflation. I, I, I also feel a little weird when I say, oh, invest in hard assets because they do well in inflationary periods. Actually, what they really do is hold the value of money during inflationary periods. Maybe they appreciate you know, in, 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 you know, incrementally above the inflation, but hard assets hold value in inflationary times. And, and you just can't print trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and, and not have inflation at some point. I mean, we're already seeing it. I mean, you know, it, I, I think if you look at the shadow stats, I think that's what it's called. But, the, but if you go to shadow stats and you look at the, how they measure inflation today versus how they measure it uh, in Jimmy Carter's time frame. You know, and you would apply Jimmy Carter's inflation metrics to today's 
economy, what you see is there actually is a lot of inflation. It's just like they keep changing the rules of the game to keep inflation kind of low, whatever low means. But, you know, if you're buying food, if you're buying gas, if you're if you have medical services, you have kids in college. I mean, you, you look at the things that that you know, I mean, there are a lot of things going up extremely high in inflationary lumbers up, you know, lumbers up 350, 60%. I just saw uh, recently in concrete and steel is up. So, so we have inflation, but if you measure things like the price of TVs or, or electric cars or, you know, other technological items, yeah, I mean, they come down in value. So just what, what basket are you measuring to see whether there's inflation? Sorry, I went off on a tangent, but. Well, no, the, you're not on a tangent because it's vitally important because yeah, that yeah. the big lie when, when, in the Jimmy Carter administration, what they did, because people need to understand this, because it addresses exactly what you're saying. They removed gasoline and certain foodstuffs yep. that they knew really reflected inflation from the inflation index. Yep. They put in televisions and washing machines. Bingo. Yep. Yeah. And, which, and, which, and can... which really, you know. They hold right. pretty damn steady, folks. Yeah. And they continue to do that, right? They continue yeah. to do that. So if you just look at some of the old measurement sticks, the old measure, you know, uh, measurement sticks they used to measure inflation, and you put that on today's economy, and you can do that in shadow stats, uh, you actually can see what the inflation rates are depending on how you measure it. And it, it's incredible. I mean, there is inflation. There absolutely is inflation. It's, it's, uh, nine, to 12, it's 9 to 12 percent. I'm telling you, it's not. Yeah, oh, okay, I, I don't know, yeah. but no, I, you, yeah. you pay and, attention to that. And, and Powell and Yellen both admitted, oh, well, we're going to have a little more inflation, but it won't be bad. That is, again, the yeah. big lie. You know, remember, those two are very wealthy. They don't go shopping. Right. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> those of us who actually go to the grocery store have noticed things are pretty steep. Or the yeah. other thing they do is they shrink the size of the product. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, <laughs> same price in a small. So at any rate, but there it's is funny, one. isn't it? Right. Yeah, you, you, right. yeah exactly. There's, um, there is a great inflation hedge. I'm glad we went down down this this path, because one of the inflation hedges that you and I talk about. Number one, the housing. I, I think, particularly offshore housing. I would not invest in housing in this country right now because it's. A, I'm just saying. I think it's a bubble. That's just my opinion. I agree. But offshore housing. Yeah. I think, as you pointed out to us last week, does increase in value at a good, yeah. solid, steady rate. And then there's something else that you and I have talked about for probably 10 years and that you're involved with and which we need to tell people about, not so that you can make more money on it. You're making good money on it, but so that they can and also take it as an inflation hedge. I think you know where I'm going with this. I do. Yeah. Teak. Yeah. The teak. Teak wood forest. The timber. Yeah. In fact, you know, it, it was one of the things when we were talking about inflation, inflation hedges, you know, it, we, we have this incredible white paper, uh, research paper we've put together on teak timber, uh, the industry, and, and we'd love to send it to anyone, everyone who who's watching this and wants to receive it. Just just send us an email and ask for the teak timber white paper research paper and we'll send it to you. But what's interesting is if you look at who owns timber, uh, it's and, 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 and at one point, uh, uh, Harvard had over 10 percent of its endowment, which is, I don't know, big. I don't know how many billions of dollars, billion dollar endowment. billion dollars. Right. They had over 10 percent of their endowment in timber. And you look at John Malone, you look at at uh, the Peregrine family. I mean, you look at many, many extremely wealthy families endowments 
they have large percentages of their endowments in things like timber, uh, real estate and timber specifically, but real estate outside of timber too, because you know timber. I mean, people people don't understand. Well, let me let me back up. We yeah. Think about cash flow cycles, right? You know, if we if we uh, get a paycheck, we, you know, we're working, we get a paycheck. That's every two weeks, say, or maybe once a week, or once every two weeks, we get a paycheck, right? If we own a rental property, we collect a rent check once a month, right? If we own dividend producing stocks, maybe we get a dividend once a year. And that's about as far out as anyone thinks about cash flow cycles. One week, two weeks, one month, one year, right? The thing about timber is that it it has a cash flow cycle. It has a phenomenal cash flow cycle. It just happens to be like with pine and some of the fast growing species, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15 years, things like teak, which is what we grow in the tropics, it's 25 years. And then other species like mahogany can be, you know, 30 to 40 years. So depending on what you want in terms of this, I call it the long cycle cash flow, right? Long cycle cash flow. Right. It is a powerful generational wealth stewardship tool, which is why the big family offices have it. It's a big, it's, you know, and why the endowments have it because, you know, Harvard needs money 25 years from now, right? So if you can get an IRR of, of 10 or more percent, internal rate of investment of 10% compounding. I mean, this is phenomenal IRRs in timber, right? Um, and you can do it over a you know, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 year period. Wow, I don't know what else you can put your money in, right? And so yeah. these, these, these big investment family offices and endowments, they look at that and they know that, I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna need money 25 years from now. So they buy timberland. And, and so anyway, uh, it, it is an investment class that many, um, I hate to call average investors, and, and, and I don't mean to be insulting, but many, many traditional investors, let me say that, many traditional yeah. investors to understand the, the one week, two week, one month, one year cash flow cycles, but, but they fail to see because it's just never really been brought to the attention. And I hope today we're bringing it to people's attention, you know, that there's this other cash flow cycle, which is, you know, 20, 25 year cash flow cycles. And, 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 and they're powerful. They're powerful. The other thing it does is it gives you an asset class. I mean, just mentioned lumber's up 350% in, since the beginning of the year. Yeah, U.S. Be, be very specific. That's U.S. lumber market. It's up three hundred fifty percent, right? Um, so if you own something like timber, think about this for a second. I mean, this is incredible. So you say, "Holy smokes, timber's up three hundred fifty percent!" Like, I, I want to get in on that. Well, guess what? You needed to have planted your trees like you know fifteen years ago if they're pine trees for two by fours, right? Or you know, I, I mean, like you can't get in on that business unless you did it a long time ago, and so inflation is real and it's going to continue to be real. And so in 25 years, I'm pretty sure, and I know the teak numbers pretty well, teak over the last hundred years, talk about a, talk about a track record. Teak has actually been uh, uh, raised in plantations going back over 300 years now, starting by the British in India and Burma and other places in Southeast Asia. They started planting plantations over 300 years ago. So there's a 300 year track record for how it grows, where it grows, what kind of rainfall is the best, what kind of soil is the best, temperature ranges, blah, 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 blah. I mean, this is compiled statistics with 300 year track record. But in the last 100 years, Teak on average has gone up in value 5.5% a year. Just the, the value of the teak itself has gone up 5.5%.
Now, you, you plant trees and you let them grow for 25 years, the trees actually physically grow and produce the lumber. So not only are you getting the, the value of this lumber that the tree produces, the value of the lumber itself historically over a hundred years track record has gone up five and a half percent a year. So again, it, it's it's one of those uh, incredible asset classes that it, it just most people don't know about. And, and and if they do know about it, they probably think, well, I don't have, I don't have a million dollars to invest in teak. Well, you don't need a million dollars. You, you need- you know, 25, you yeah, you need you know, 20, $30,000 and, and you can invest in teak and, and wow, is it, is it, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I planted my first plantation in Panama in 1999 and the trees are now 20, 21 years old, I guess, right? 22, right. coming up on 22 right. years, you know, and so we've got another three, four years to harvest. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're excited. I mean, and, and right. we're gonna cut the trees down and we're going to plant them again for our kids. That's the whole generational thing, you know? So let's bring it home. If I invested, let's say 20,000 in teak right now, what ballpark, ballpark, if things remain the way they are now in terms of appreciation, uh, return on investment, what if I invested 20,000 now, yeah. what can I look at in 25 years? You know, I, I, I know the, I know a different number. So let me say, you know, our, our, our baby teak parcels at Grand Pacific are about seven grand, a little over seven grand, 71, 7,200, something like that. I don't remember. I call it seven grand round number. And in 25 years at harvest, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the number coming off is a little over 90,000. So 7,000 turns into 90,000 over 25 years. I mean, pretty strong. Oh, macro. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. And so if I invested right now, when I get in 25 years, when I'm 100, I'll have $90,000. <laughs> Actually, uh, uh, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel will have $90,000. <laughs> yeah, you, you might, you might need a new oxygen tank, Carter, right? <laughs> Sorry. Obviously, somebody my age does not make a 25-year investment for himself any more than I, than I buy green bananas and wait for them to ripen, right? But right. you're right. right. I do have a wife who's considerably younger, and that's an incredible investment for her, which right. I do. So, and again, folks, I want to make something clear. We're not here to sell you, but we are here to help you. And yeah. This is, and what I want you to do is, I'm going to ask Mike in a second to give you where you can look into this for yourself with ECI, with Mike Cobb, who you know now, you, you have a friend in the business, and do the comparison. Look elsewhere then, see what the best deal is for you. And uh, hey, I got Joel Nagel here. Perfect. You have Joel Nagel, <laughs> the assets, the assets protection king. Okay. Uh, who won? We try have to help Joel Mike on. protect his assets. <laughs> there was, so yeah. we go now. Now, folks, you have the best of both worlds. You have Mike there to tell you how to make the money and Joel to tell you how to protect it. There you go. Exactly. You can preach it from the mountaintops. <laughs> You're preaching from the mountaintops. So, Mike, we're, we're, as you can see, we're, we are at the mountaintops here. And Carter went to Frostburg. Incredible. I didn't, you know, but it's funny. Hey, so Carter, we're, we're going to have to go, but, but yeah. uh, you know, but easy where to get can, a hold. Where can you reach her for more information about this? Yeah, yeah. Send, so send an email. Let's get Real it. simple. Info at ecidevelopment.com. Info at ecidevelopment.com. In the subject line, write teak white paper, and we will send the white paper on the teak over and uh, you know get folks in the loop. They can start to do some research and see if it's something that they want to you know look into further. All right, absolutely, absolutely fantastic, folks. Yeah. And it's free. 
Might have to wait. Free. Yeah, that's free. free. Right? Exactly. Yeah. You can't get a better deal than that. Can't right? beat that. Fair enough. Cost. Fair enough. All right, guys. Thank All you. All right. Mike. Happy Friday, Carter. Have a nice weekend. Bye. Thank you very, very much. See you next week. For more information on the Offshore Club or to contact Mike Cobb, visit www.offshore.club today. www.offshore.club. That's www.offshore.club. See you next time at the Offshore Club.